We want to have a conversation around this topic of parenting and mentoring, and I think that all of us can really uh, always benefit from these conversations. And so, a couple of scriptures that I want to share with us before we get going that has to deal with parenting and mentoring. Proverbs 22, verse 6 says this. Uh, it says, start children off on the way they should go, and even when they are old, they will not turn from it. Right? And then Corinthians 11 says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Right? That, it, that second scripture to me is the ultimate goal, I think, of every believer is for us to be able to say to anyone, you can follow me because I'm following Jesus. Right? If I'm following Jesus, I mean, I'm in good hands. Right? And we want our children to do that. We want people around us to do that. We want to be able to be role models in this walk. Can you say amen? So... Let's talk about uh, nurturing, right? So let's start with a very important question, okay? How do you feel about the Patriots resigning Cam Newton? That's a very important question. <laughs> Ask me questions I know nothing about. <laughs> um, all right, I'm going to try to answer this, though, just for... Oh, you are? Just oh. for fun. Oh. I don't really know anything. Cam Newton is the new quarterback, Right? After Brady. No, he's a wide no. receiver. Oh, see? No, uh, I'm just messing. He's a... Oh. <laughs> see, I know a little bit more than you're even giving me credit for. And they obviously did not make it to... Do they have playoffs? Football's playoffs, right? Yes. They did not make it for nope. that? Okay. But Tampa did, right? Yeah, what's that got to do with... Wait, wait. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to draw my conclusions here. You just put me on the spot. I'm trying to, I'm trying to figure this out. So it's his first year, they didn't do that well, and they re-signed him, so yep. then maybe they believe in him, so go for it, right? Everyone needs a shot, right? But if you're going to put me on the spot like that with a question that I don't know anything about, but based on the few hand claps, maybe I was kind of in the right area. Maybe, or maybe they're just trying to be nice. <laughs> That's true, too. Thank you, if you were. <laughs> What do you think about customized shampoo, like shampoo that's for your hair yeah. that you have to send away for? Like, where are you at with that? Well, it's clearly not working for me. I've tried a few, and the experiment went wrong, clearly. So I decided to become my own barber. That's so, right. Anyways, <laughs> how, how would you define nurturing? When I think about nurturing, I think about two things. I think about people and plants. Not a plant person, so don't ever trust me with your plants. Some people have bought plants for me, and I've killed them effectively and quickly. Swift, a swift kill. Um, so don't ever trust me with those. Um, but that's what I think of, because those are the two things that you, you need to grow those kinds of things, plants and people. Yeah. And so that's what I think of. It's encouraging something to grow. Yeah, the, the, the definition, the official definition is to care for and encourage the growth or development of, yep. right? Um, so nurturing and mentoring really go together because you can't say you're nurturing someone if you're not mentoring someone, right? right? So they kind of go together. And I think that we have downplayed the calling of parenting. I think parenting is one of the highest calling that you can have in this life, right? Um, and... Before COVID hit, I got to go to a leadership conference in Florida and, uh, and meet with church leaders from all over the world. And one of them was, was a pastor of one of the biggest congregations in America, right? And, he's, and he had a conversation, kind of like this, 
And he said this, it was really powerful. It cemented my convictions. He said, being a father is the most unique thing that I have that cannot be replaced. He said, I can be replaced as a pastor. He said, my wife can replace me as a husband. Hopefully not, right? But he said, no one can replace me as a father. He said, even if my kids were to get a stepdad, they will never have their biological dad, right? So he said, he made up his mind that the church was not his number one priority, his kids are. Because anyone could run a church, but not everyone could be the father to his kids. So he made that a priority over everything. Right? So we, we can't be replaced as parents. So we, we have to really embrace that as the ultimate call. And I want to make this clear because I think there's a misconception when it comes to nurturing that it's a female thing. I think that's a mistake. I think that's why our society is in trouble. A lot of fathers are absent in helping, mentoring the kids. And I want to leave us with this quote that's been messing with me all week. Frederick Douglass, who, who spent a lot of time in New Bedford, the, the, he was a slave abolitionist who got to be free here. He said this, it's really heavy. He said that it is easier to build strong children than to repair broken men. Right? So the weight of parenting is really heavy and we should shoulder it well because if we don't do that well, then we're gonna have a lot of broken people. And I think it doesn't take much to look around our society and say there's a lot of broken people because of lack of nurturing and mentoring from, from early age, right? A lot of people are playing catch up and learning and growing. I don't know about you guys, but the older I get, the more I'm unlearning things, right? Because not all of us get it right, right? But all of us now have the responsibility to do our best to build strong kids so that there's less brokenness down the line. Can you say amen? So what would you say are the building blocks of nurturing? I think, you know, when we think about nurturing, you, ha- you can't think about nurturing without thinking about the fruit of the Spirit. So the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, right? So gentleness, self-control, faithfulness, patience, those are all... Uh, nurturing is a direct result of those things. You can't have nurturing and not have patience. So those things have to come from the fruit of the spirit. And I love that you said that nurturing isn't just for females. It's, it's men and women alike because men and women alike have access to the fruit of the spirit. They have access to the Holy Spirit. So right. you can be a patient person. And so for me, that's a genuine, that is a an important and an essential building block to nurturing is understanding the fruit of the spirit um, and really loving people. And you have to genuinely love somebody to want to nurture them or to nurture them. And if you're, um, you know, if you don't have kids and you're a mentor um, and you don't feel like, you know, you really love people or you really want to invest in them because I think that that can happen sometimes. Ask God, like, God, help me to learn how to love people well so that I can start to invest in somebody. Yeah, I think that if you don't embrace that calling, you're going to jack up that calling. Yeah. Right? right? I think that's why a lot of people have kids, but they're not parents. Right? right? A lot of people, their kids is a nuisance, is a problem, right? It's an obstacle to life as opposed to being a calling. Like God has trusted you with kids. I always think about this. Like there's, I know people, we know people that wish they had kids, right. but they can't have kids. And then people who have kids who wish they didn't have them. You know what I mean? But it's like, man, what a waste of the calling, right? And the, and, and the, and the privilege 
that God is trusting you with these kids to raise them the best way possible. And as far as mentoring go, this is why I think kids' ministry is so important. That's why I think people like Tina is so important because here she is trying to nurture her kids, but she's like, that's not enough for me. I also, also can bring something to the community. And the last thing we need is people in the kids' ministry who don't have a heart for kids. You know what I mean? It's like, please, right. don't serve. <laughs> you know useless. what I mean? Do us a favor and sit down. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? And, and, and maybe you need to be babysat. You know right. what I'm saying? Right. Uh, mm-hmm. Because we need people who really get like, man, this is an important task. This is not babysitting. Right. This right. is nurturing. Right. It's mentoring. Right. And, right? We, and we, take, we take our kids' ministry so seriously. For a, if you don't know this, for a lot of churches that are bigger like ours, they actually don't have... Um, they don't have classes set up the way that we do. So they'll kind of um, clump the kids together. They'll have like first graders all the way through fifth graders and then have small groups for them. But the way that we set it up, if you don't know, is every single classroom, it's a two-year uh, period for each classroom so that the kids have two years with those teachers, two years with those kids so that they can develop that mentoring ship. They can develop those relationships with the kids. And that's why we have it set up the way we have it set up here. Yeah, I, I can't stress the importance of kids' ministry. A lot of times, I think, again, I don't know why when it comes to these things, we kind of downplay it, right. you know, like it's less than. I think it's way, one of the most important ministries that we have is to mentor our kids, right? Um, but there has to be, on both ends, nurturing and mentoring, there has to be a game plan. It can't just, it, it's not just going to happen, right? Because we, we plant the seeds that we want to reap at some point, yeah. right? So if we're not intentional about the type of seeds that we're planting in our kids or the people that we're mentoring, then we can't be surprised with the results, right? A lot of times we think sometimes people are like surprised by what they producing, but it's like, have you checked your seeds lately? Yeah. Because you can't just show up and think, okay, this is just going to work itself out. Right. Again, like I said, coming to church and not, and not being plugged in and just thinking I came, what, what seed did you plant? You just showed up, right? You didn't really invest, right? You didn't put your hands to the plow. You didn't pursue God. You didn't read your Bible. You didn't ask God for a game plan for your family. Yeah. You know what I mean? For your finances. And so you can't be surprised by the seeds. There's this quote that says, he who aims at nothing hits it every time, yeah. right? If we're not aiming at anything, you are not going to be surprised with what we're getting back. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think having a game plan, investing in what is it that we want to see out of our children. Right. So because we don't build strong kids by accident. Right. We built them on purpose. Right. And you have to have that, um, when you said that, it made me think of how sometimes we think it's strong to, you know, kind of be like, oh, I, I just told them like it is. I just told them. And it's like, okay, well, if you keep doing that, that's what you're going to produce. Like, it has to be balanced. Like, you can speak truth, but it has to be with grace. You can't, they work in tandem. They work together. So that, like, well, I'm going to tell them like it is, even in mentorship, because, you know, I mentor a lot of different people, and a lot of women will come in through the church, and I help them with just a variety of different things they're going through. And sometimes, for me, it's easy to be like, oh, like, don't do that. That's stupid. You know, I want to say that, like, this is an easy solution, but that's not how it is for that person. Like, that's an actual struggle for them. So walking them through it and being gracious enough and patient enough to say, you know what? Yes, you're an adult, but maybe you're two years old in the spirit. And so I have to be okay with where you are and work with you where you are. Yeah. And I would say, like, well, you can't nurture someone if you're not invested in learning, right? Like I can't be a good parent if I'm not invested in parenting. 
Like, how do I get better at this? Mm-hmm. Right? We talked about, you know, joke about Cam, Cam Newton and Tom Brady. The reason why those guys are good at what they do is because they practice, right? And they invest it in what they're doing, right? And so I think there needs to be an investment in how do I become a better parent? How, how do I become a better mentor? How do I bring something to the table mm-hmm. and not just whine and complain about it right. or just show, like, what, what's missing? Right. You know what I mean? But it's like, what am I bringing to the table to make sure that this is going to be a good thing? Right. You know what I mean? So I think... Um, if we're not investing, we should never be surprised with what we're producing, right. you know? And, and so what would you say are the, the challenges of, of nurturing or mentoring? Probably just not seeing the results as quickly as you want to. Um, sometimes it's just, you just, when you love somebody so much and you really want to see them grow and you want to see them flourish and you see it for them and you're ready to like speak life into them and you're going for it and then you know, you think that they're getting it, and then the next day, you know, there's a crazy Instagram post, and it's like, that was not what we talked about yesterday. Um, that's really, that's hard not seeing the results that you want to see, or that you um, almost think you should be seeing as quickly as you want to see it, and that can sometimes feel a little bit discouraging. Yeah. Yeah, I think instant gratification is, is, a, is, a, is a setup for failure. For sure. When it comes to parenting or mentoring. Like, with pastors, Right? We, we see a lot of people come and go. So instant gratification is out the window. Right? Right. I was a youth pastor for almost 15 years. I, I encourage our youth leaders all the time. Like, if you're looking for instant gratification, youth ministry is not for you. Mm-hmm. Because you're sowing into the future. Yep. Right? And you're going to get little glimpses here and there. Right? That, oh, it's working. But the reality is you're not going to know for another 10, 15 years. Yeah. 42 now, I can tell you. The joy of sowing and waiting is beautiful because now I'm seeing kids who used to be in the youth ministry 13, 14, now becoming parents yep. and taking ownership. Right. Some of them are in the house. Like Aaron just had a baby. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like I, I've known him since he was in eighth grade. Yeah. And we've, we can talk about what the ups and downs are of mentoring. But here we are still doing it, right? Yeah. Still in the picture because it's a long, it's a long game. Right. You know what I mean? It's not a, a quick game. It's a long term. Right. And unfortunately, we live in a society where it's all about right now, right? right? And we don't know what we can build for the future yeah. if you don't have that mindset that it's not just about now. It's about what we're producing for later, right. you know? So having that mindset that, hey, I'm, I'm investing for long term right. is big, you know? What else would you say about the challenges? Keeping your emotions in check. I don't know about you guys. Sometimes with, your, with my kids, <laughs> it is so hard to keep it together. Like, I get, just because you love them so much, and you just get, you're so invested in them, and it is such a challenge to not flip out. Um, Tina and I talked about it in the interview a little bit, and she was saying how, um, you know, she has to have her, time in the morning with the Lord, but then when her kids are fighting, she's like, Jesus, help me, help me to fix this. And I love that because I was like, this is me all day long. Like, we have five kids, so there is a constant fight. Like, there's never, the only time that it's quiet and there's instant peace is if the TV is on. And even that is a struggle because there's five people with five different personalities who all want different things, you know? But keeping your emotions in check and saying, You're, I'm the adult here. I've got the fruit of the spirit. I'm filled with the spirit. I don't have to flip out right now. I've got this. And having the, having the guts to walk away when you feel like you are going to flip out. Yeah. Yeah, I think, I think leading by example is so critical because I think kids are smarter than we give them credit for. 
right? I think that kids are, are paying more attention to what you're doing versus what you're telling them, right? And I, and I think a lot of times the struggle with nurturing is there's a disconnect between what we're saying and what we're doing, yep. right? And I think the more we can bridge that gap and really model what we want to see, I think parenting is less about preaching, less about modeling, yeah. right, what we want to see. It's easy to give a kids a lecture, but, it, but then it's like, are we receiving that lecture for ourselves, right? Like, I don't know if you ever get convicted by that. Like, you tell your kids to go do something, but you ain't got to ask yourself the question, am I doing that? <laughs> right? I can't tell my kids to go read my Bible if I'm not reading my Bible. Yeah. I can't tell my kids to go pray if I'm not praying, right? And definitely my kids are not going to serve God if I'm not serving God. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think modeling what we want to see yep. is so critical. Like, we talk about this. We're very careful with, with, with what we talk about around our kids. Because whatever you talk about becomes part of them. Right? If you're a complainer, don't be surprised if you're producing a complainer. Right? If you're a gossiper, don't be surprised if you're producing a gossiper. Right? Because we produce who we are. Right? Sooner or later, it's going to get on them as well. So I think leading by example because they catch way more than we are saying to them. They're catching our attitude. They're catching our behavior. They're catching our reactions. They're catching how we treat people. And they're catching how we talk about other people when they're not around. So I think all of that is a a process of modeling what is it that I really want to see. Like I get to mentor younger preachers. I tell them all the time, I don't care how well you can preach. If your life is not preaching, your, your message means nothing. I'd rather be a terrible preacher and a great father than to be a great preacher but a terrible father. You know, like I I want my kids to say, man, my dad is awesome, than to have some total random stranger hearing my message and going, that guy's awesome. He's like, you don't know me. You only only heard my message. You know what I mean? So anything else on challenges? Can I, I want to add one more thing. Because I think this is important. I think, I think self-care is so critical in nurturing. You know, because you can't give what you don't have. I know for me, I'm at my best when I am restful. If I need to handle something at home that's stressful, it's better that I'm not stressed. Because most likely I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to just lash out, which never goes well. Right? Because especially when you have the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit makes you know in the moment, eh, wrong. <laughs> You ever get checked by the Holy Spirit? <laughs> it's like, you ever, you ever walk with the Holy Spirit enough that he just hits you with a two by four? Like, you idiot, that's not the way to do it. <laughs> if you know what I'm talking about, right? There's that zing, like, ah, just say the wrong thing. Just handle it the wrong way. So I think self-care is so critical to, to nurturing and mentoring because I can't give what I don't have. So the more I'm at peace, the more I'm going to bring peace to my home, right. right? The more I'm at peace, the more we can have a better conversation as a, as right. a married couple, or if I'm helping anybody. Because right. the last thing the young guys that I mentor need is for me to just go and, la- and you know, right. throw up on them <laughs> because right. I haven't had my time with right. the Lord to bring something to the table. So I think self-care is so overlooked when it, it comes to parenting. It is, especially as a, a new parent. Um, our kids are older now, so our oldest is almost 14, and then our youngest is almost five. So now I have more time. It feels like I have more time to take care of myself, where before when, my, when the kids were one and two and three, it was like he would say all the time, like, oh, Lindsay, it's fine. Just go out. Like, no problem. Go do this. And I was like, what? Like, I don't even have time to shower. And you're like, oh, let's go, go get your nails done. Like, it felt so selfish to me. Looking back, I wish I had kind of taken that time and just gone to do it because in the moment, it can feel selfish. And even still now, like, I 
sometimes when I do those things and I go out by myself, it, there's this part of me that feels a little bit like, should I be home making something? Should I be with the kids? Maybe I should have brought one of the kids with me. But it's not wrong and it's not selfish to take care of yourself because in taking care of yourself, you can take care of your kids better. Yeah. So what, for you personally, what's the fuel? What's the passion for nurturing? Because it's a, it's a 24-7 job, Yeah. right? So how do you keep yourself motivated, passionate about it? I, in mentoring, I look, at the, I look at the result, like I look at the long game. There's a few people here that we have walked with since they were teenagers, and they're almost 30 now, and it is the most amazing thing to watch them grow. And in the moment, sometimes it feels like, are they growing, are they getting it, do they understand? But when you start to see the result of it, it probably, for me, it is the most life-giving thing to see these women that I've walked with and some of these men that we've walked with, seeing them really fulfilled and fulfilling the call that God has for them and seeing them genuinely happy in the house of God. And not even just in the house, but like in their careers and, and what they're doing and being fulfilled. That it probably is the, the greatest high for me, seeing that. I love that more than anything. Yeah, amen. I would say uh, this question that I, I hope we can all wrestle with this question is, what kind of children do we want to develop, right? If you had a, a, a kid's factory, right, what kind of kids do you want to develop, right? And, and from a mentoring standpoint is what kind, of, what kind of believers we want to develop? Because every church has a unique DNA, right? right? And one thing that I'm very stubborn about is I'm not gonna change that DNA for a certain group of people who don't like it. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I'm gonna be stubborn about, we're here for the church, and we're gonna to continue to push that, we're gonna to continue to right. address that, and, yeah. and do everything we can to help people connect with yeah. Jesus, yeah. and if that doesn't fit you, then you might find another place, but I am right. stubborn about our mission, yeah. right? That's not gonna change, right. right? Because that's the, that's the DNA that drives me, right. that pushes me as a man, and so, as a father, I have the same conviction, is, you know, God has trusted me with five kids, like, what kind of kids am I helping to develop? Right. And I'm not going to leave that just up to you. It has to be a joint effort right. that we together are saying, what can we do? Because one day, they're going to be old enough to make their own decisions. Right. And hopefully, prayerfully, we've given them enough foundation right. that they will make the decisions that will honor God. Yeah. Because yeah. for me, the bottom, bottom line goal is, I don't care what they do in life. If they follow in Jesus, they'll figure out the rest of the stuff. Yeah. Right? Right. I, just, I just believe that. Right. Right? So... What can I do to foster a home where kids can grow in their, in their understanding of who God is and who they are without becoming religious, right? Because, you know, we don't, we're not into like, you have to do things. It's just like, no, we want to model this for you. Right. We want to just show you. And, I, and, I, and again, so far, we, we've, been, we've been blessed with kids who love what we do. Right. Our kids love church. They want to be here all, all the time. time. Yeah. They're always asking us, let's go to church. Yeah. On like Monday, let's go to church. Tuesday, let's go to church. We're so thankful that we have that because we didn't make them do this. We just modeling for them. Right. And the same thing with church. Like I love the fact that yesterday we had Saturday service. Why? Because we have people willing to say, hey, we need to make room. Word, let's make room because it's about making room for more people to come and meet Jesus. Right? I love that about our church, right? It's not a perfect 
you know, I, I call it a beautiful mess, yep. you know, but we have people who are amazing at taking ownership yeah. and continue to pursue. So to me, that question always drives me. It's like, what kind of church do we want to build and what kind of kids do we want to develop and then do our best to put our energy into that yep. and then throw everything else out. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, that, I don't need that. I don't need that. That's why for me, I don't know everybody else's conviction, but it's like, if I'm not doing church work, I'm at home yeah. because that's, those are my two priorities. I say no to a lot of things because it doesn't fit the why of why I'm here. I'm here to build a family and to build the church that Jesus called us to build. The rest is, hey, that, I don't need that. You know what I mean? So let's, let's end with this question. Um, but like just practically speaking, what would be some, some, some practical advice of mentoring and parenting? One of the things that I love my mom and my, well, my, mom and my dad will say to me often is, um, you never stop growing as a parent. And I'm one of six, and we're all adults. And um, my parents will say that often, you just never stop growing as a parent. And when she, the first time that she said that to me, I was like, oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I was like, it doesn't end. Um, and she, but the way she said it, it was, it was so beautiful because it, to me, what she was saying was like, I'm always growing. Like she's always growing. My dad's always growing. They're always learning and they're ready to learn. They didn't just say, oh, you're 18. See you later. Hope you figure it out. Um, they're still very involved in our lives. And I love that they, um, I love that perspective of you just never stop growing. And when I think about that, I think about that in, in uh, mentoring as well, because we mentor, uh, you know, a a large scale of people that are in different places at different times. So whether it's your children, whether they're student age or um, your friends or family, wherever they are, there's different levels of nurturing that you kind of have to navigate through. And you can only do that through the power of the Holy Spirit. Right. You know, like you can't do some of that stuff. You just can't do on your own. You need to be asking the Lord, like, what does this person need? When do they need it? Am I, and am I the right person for it? Mm. Because sometimes you're not the right person for it. There have been plenty of people that have come into my office and after the first time, you know, I can tell that they're like, this isn't working. And even I feel it, you know, you're not working. <laughs> like this isn't gonna work for us. And so, because, but because I still genuinely love them, the follow-up is let me connect you with somebody that is gonna work for you because I want to see you grow. Like growth should not be um, just for this one relationship. You know what I mean? It can't be like that because if I genuinely want somebody to grow, I have to be okay with saying, let's find somewhere else for you. Same thing in the church. Like right. this church isn't for everybody right. and that is okay. I would so much rather see somebody grow where they need to grow and grow well and grow correctly yeah. then grow for my own pride you yeah. know yeah we're big on that like just this past week we had a meeting with a couple we said maybe you should try a different church because maybe this church doesn't fit what you're looking for you know and that's okay I think if we if we really care about people we want to see them where God has them right because right? I don't want to hinder your growth and I don't want you to hinder the mission that we are we're on. You know what I mean? So I think we have to be honest about that and say, hey, maybe this, I believe that there are seasons in life, right? 
And so you're called to different areas in, in, in life. And sometimes you might be in the church for a season, but then I think God can say, hey, maybe I need to grow you somewhere else. Right. You know what I mean? And being open with that, like being okay with the reality that that's, that's life, right? And life happens in seasons, right? right? That's from a mentoring standpoint. From a parent standpoint, I want to say a, a few things. Uh, again, nothing new, but I just want to refresh this, that it's so critical that we're talking with our kids. Actually talk with them, not yell at them. <laughs> not, just, not just, you know, blur out our rules and commandments, but like conversations. You know, I think kids are way smarter than we give them credit for. I think we need to have conversations with them and make them feel like you're a human being. You have an input, you know, doesn't mean we're going to do what you say, right? But that you, we can have a conversation. I think that's so important, especially the older they get, right? They need to know, like, you, you are valued in this house, so I need to have a conversation with you. And part of the conversation is we got to learn to listen better. Right? And I think that's both parenting and mentoring. Yes. Because we live in a society now, we don't listen. We just listen to respond. Right? We're not really genuinely listening to the other person's point of view to say, hey, you may have a point here or you have something here. So if we don't make room for people to share their hearts, we're going to short circuit their growth. Right. And kids are not going to want to talk to you. If the moment they start sharing, you cut them off, guess what? They're going to talk to their friends. Right. And they're going to talk to the wrong sources. So right. I think making room for them to listen. Right, and you could be cutting them off like because you have an answer, but that's not the point. The point isn't to give the answer because the goal of nurturing isn't perfection, it's growth. Right. So we're not trying to perfect our kids because if we try to perfect our kids, we are setting them up for failure. They need to understand like, Jesus is your perfection, Jesus is my perfection. We're not perfect, but, but I'm gonna give you the space to think, to make mistakes, to talk about it, to figure it out. Yeah. Amen. Um, so with that, I would say it's so important to pray with our kids. You know, we've got to pray with them. We've got to model that. Listen, we don't have all the answers, but God does. And so we're going to take this to God. We're going to talk to God about everything, yep. right? We're going to talk to God about when you're scared. We're going to talk to God about when you want a puppy, yeah. right? Um, in my family, they really want a puppy right now. So here's how I've been praying with them. Lord, in 10 years... <laughs> You will bless this family with a puppy. And then their prayer is, Lord, in two years. So I'm like, I'm going to pray against your prayer. So we have a prayer battle going on around a puppy right now in our home. Yeah. And it's funny because we have a couple of kids that get scared at night often. And so I'm not much of a night person. My husband is much more of a night person. So when they come in for prayer, I usually just like... Like, you're going to do it because I, I, I've got nothing. But when he's not there and, it's my, and I'm up to bat, it doesn't have to be these, like, intense prayers, you know, like, in the name of Jesus, we bind the spirit of fear and anxiety over you. Like, it doesn't have to be like that. For my daughter, That I, will bring more fear yeah, and anxiety. Seriously. Like, there's spirits it's like, Mom, here? there's spirits in this house? <laughs> What's going on? I didn't know. Close the windows. <laughs> um, <laughs> but when my daughter comes in for prayer... It's honestly usually like, God, I pray that she dreams of beaches and butterflies and all the things that she really <laughs> loves. Like, that's it. And it doesn't, that's all it has to be. We don't have to make it more than it needs to be because we want to teach our kids, like, your relationship with God and our, the people we mentor, your relationship with God is just as real as this conversation that I'm having right. with you right here. It doesn't have to be over the top. We want it to be attainable. We want it to be real. And for my seven-year-old, butterflies and beaches are real. For our 14-year-old, the prayer might look a little different, but you scale it to size. Right, right. 
And we gotta have fun. You know, we gotta have fun. I mean, life is so stressful and challenging. If we're not having fun with our children, then we're missing the point, yeah. you know? A friend of mine taught, taught me this. You know, he said, listen, here's what I do. Whatever I love to do, I do it with my kids. Therefore, it's not a burden. And it's so true. Now that my kids are getting older, I'm doing things that I like to do and they enjoy with me. So it doesn't feel like, oh man, I gotta go do this, right? But I think just having fun, creating a house that is fun, yeah. goes a long way for a kid. You know, kids are going through so much stress right now. It's worse than it's ever been because of the added pressure of social media and all these different things. So home needs to be a place, a safe haven for them right. to be able to ask questions, to be able to be kids. And I feel like they have to put on another front because they're going to school trying to be something that they're not. And we have to make sure that they know, hey, you, you, you are amazing the way you are right now. And we love you for who you are, knucklehead. And we're yeah. going to have fun. <laughs> and it's going to be awesome. But speaking of that, I want to say this because this has been on my heart. We got to protect our kids. You know, we got to protect them. We live in a day and age now is you can't take anything for granted. Yeah. No longer do we live in a day and age where you can just send your kids to school and, and the teachers are going to help you, which I believe we have great teachers, but you can't take that at face value anymore. Yeah. You got to ask questions. What are you learning? What is, what did they say in history class? What did they say this? Because listen, there's a whole agenda in our society right now that is anti-family. It is anti-church and we have to do our best to teach our kids the values of the word, right? That's on us. Like, we can't expect our teachers to do that. And please, monitor your kids' media intake. Yeah. So important. The media preaches more than we do. Right. The media has an agenda. They have a bias. They have a worldview that they want to get across to our kids. So please, be very, very involved in your kids' Instagram, Snapchat, whatever they, you allow them, you better monitor it. You better work through them because believe me, there are things that they don't have to go anywhere now to get the wrong information, to get the wrong way of doing life. And it's on us to be able to monitor that and make sure like, hey, we're gonna value the right things, right? And I don't mean just like say no, because here's the thing. If you say no without explaining the why behind the no, it's gonna make it more appealing for them. Right? When you tell someone to do something, now they really want to do it. So I think it's important to teach the no behind the decision. Right? So for example, we have, we have a thing in our home where they only play video games on the weekend. But we explain to them that your number one goal in life is to be the best student possible. We can't let anything get in the way of that. Right? But as you, as you do that all week long, you can look forward to the weekend where you can play video games. But even, if, even in video games, we have... 30 minute slots yeah. that they can have. It's like, hey, put the timer on. You use Alexis for, we use Alexis for a timer. It's like, put the timer on for the video game and they know, okay, my time's up, time to move on and go do something else. Yeah. And we teach them, we say, hey, how is it that you're gonna be good at basketball if you play video games all day? And when you go to school, this is my son, Kato, who loves basketball. I said, are any of your friends better than you in basketball? No, dad, why? Because you practice, they don't. They're playing video games all day, but here you are playing, you go out there and you, and you practice every single day. Guess what? Practice makes perfect, right? And so I said, would you rather, would you rather be good at something that you love or you wanna be good at something that no one will ever see? <laughs> A video game, you know? Um, and so I try to teach them, like not just say no, but teach the why behind the no and why certain regulations and rules are there. It's for your own benefit, it's for your own good. Any final words? 
just to remind us that the end goal of nurturing is not perfection. And just to release yourself of that. If you are a parent, if you are a mentor, your imperfection does not disqualify you. If you feel like, I can't mentor somebody, I'm, I'm a mess, I'm this, I'm that, that's not, that's not the point. We're all a mess. We're a mess. We were fighting yesterday. Here we are. We're great. We're good. We're going to move it. We're going to move on. I never win any arguments, ever. <laughs> I lose all of them. But that's not. The purpose is to keep moving forward and to bring as many people forward with us as we can. And it can be at your workplace. It can be here at the church. It can be your cousin, your aunt. It doesn't matter who it is. Ask God, God, who is it that you have for me? And let's all move forward together. We hope this talk has encouraged and challenged you. If it was helpful, share with a friend. For more info, visit newlifesouthcoast.com. Until next time, have a blessed week.